You're having a threesome with Jennifer Golden, Lauren Leonelli, and Rob Evers. And now, it's complicated. Hello, Master Daters. Welcome back for another episode of It's Complicated. The struggle is real when you're dating in the city. I'm Jen. And I'm not Jen. And I am Rob. So you know how you ask your friends where you should take your first date? What on earth this text means? And if it's okay to post a certain pic on the socials? Well, that's what we call your village, and we think you can't date or relate without them. Welcome to our village, and you should be pumped to be here because we are bringing you expert guests who are filled with all the answers that will take some of the guessing out of the game. Make sure you subscribe and share our podcast with your friends so we can help the village grow even bigger. You can find us at It's Complicated Podcast wherever you get your pods, and don't forget to tell a friend. She likes the Patriots, and I'm a fucking Eagles fan. She wants to take it slow, and I'm ready to settle down. He voted for someone I despise. She likes to travel, and I have demanding work schedule. How do we know if these situations that arise in our relationships are deal breakers, or if there's something that we can work out? These questions can show up in long-term relationships or with someone you've just started dating. Either way, both situations carry a lot of weight and confusion when it comes to deciphering what to do. Many things play into how we seek out our romantic companions as well, like which past traumas affect our decision-making, patterns that we've created that affect how we pick our partners and why, how we view ourselves. Here's where all that negative self-talk comes into play that we talk about all the time on the show, and how we think of others, and then especially how invested we are in making this relationship work, right? Which ultimately dictates if we'll choose to ignore this issue or if it will actually become an issue. Guys, what are your deal breakers? Like, Jen, just right off the top, like, go. What's your deal breaker? Defensiveness. Okay. Rob? What'd she say? Defensiveness? So yeah. a def- That's someone who gets defensive. Okay. Yeah. But okay. hold on. I have a- <laughs> what if you are not disarming when you come at them? Um, that's fine. There, maybe that's the case, but also hoping that people can be bigger and, you know, act better than they're presented with and regulate their emotions. I, I I would say maybe the defensiveness is actually not the deal, the deal breaker. It's a lack of awareness. So if somebody is completely different, well, but I think if somebody has a lack of awareness, they also might be defensive because they don't know they're being defensive. You just, you're basically you're saying what what would be a deal breaker for me is lack of couth, like lack, lack of social awareness. Well, yeah. no, lack of, lack of not social awareness, lack of their own awareness of what they present in the world. But what if you're coming at them offensive? What if I'm not doing anything to them and they're just operating? <laughs> Why okay, is it that I am like, you well, know. No, when you said defensive, that's obviously a reaction. That's why I said, right. what if you're not disarming? Because there's like a direct reaction to that and if and when you know you when you get in an argument it's hard to kind of like keep your cool when things get heated and people are talking over each other and sometimes when you're not even meaning to you're not as disarming as you would like to be because just things get in the way of your your emotions your emotions so but so but even if you aren't being disarming sometimes that's just happens and so the defensiveness is a direct reaction and like you're both at fault and it's kind of like a wash sure or sometimes people are actually defensive and it is like an attachment style it's like a whole clinical thing based on past traumas like what you were saying at the top of the show so some people just come from 
the place of they always have to defend themselves. doesn't matter what you say to them. But I think going back to it is it's rooted in a lack of awareness because they don't know that they do that or what sets them off or where it's coming from. So for me, I think the lack of awareness is really the hardest thing to work with because if somebody doesn't have accountability and they don't know what they bring to the you know table, then how do you ever defend yourself actually in something? If they're upset with you or whatever the case may be, like, they don't know that anything else is going on on their side. So how do you even say, hey, like this upsets me and actually get a positive result? So that's where I'm at. Lack of self-awareness is mine. What about you, Rob? Well, now I have other things <laughs> because now I'm like, I'll take the other side of that coin and be like people that, are un, that aren't socially aware and always think they're right or always think that they know the best answer or they know the right thing, or they know how you should be feeling or acting. They say stuff like that. They learned in their therapist session about accountability and awareness, you know, and then try to project that onto me, even though they'd have no idea where I'm coming from or what my thought is or my process is. So that could be a deal, a deal breaker. Look, we're talking about ending relationships, right? I think we've done one of these episodes before where it was like, extremes of like, you know, cheating and, uh, um, you know, uh, abuse, like verbal abuse and that kind of stuff. And, and I think we all agreed on that, that it was like, those are fucking deal breakers. Those go without saying, this is more, um, like a minute dissection of deal. Right. Which is why I think this is going to be interesting if, cause I find myself in the hot seat a lot in this podcast because now I'm the only one that's single, right? So like, it's easy for me to say what a deal breaker would be for me because that the person that I'm, that I would be in a relationship with doesn't exist yet or they exist, but I haven't met them yet. So I don't know if there's things that would be, it would change for me as far as being a deal breaker. That's why, that's why we're talking about this today because, and that's what we just said, like it, it, it depends on how invested you are in the relationship and what you will choose to make an issue or what you will choose to ignore. I think it's good. I think it's going to be interesting to hear both of your points of view. Lauren, you've been in it so long. Is there any deal breakers anymore? And then which, which aren't really, you know, the extreme ones. And then Jen, you're so new into it, but you've just made a commitment with this person, a financial commitment with this person. So did your deal breakers change? I think think they, I think they will change. My deal breaker is like lack of empathy. Um, you know, like someone who just doesn't understand and can't like balance it out. Um, but I think they do kind of change with the stages of the relationship because obviously, you know, the more invested for lack of a better word. And I don't mean like I'm looking for a return on investment. We had an episode about that. I mean, like the more time you put in and kids and homes and things like that, there's things that you overlook and not because you're settling, but because they just matter less. The stakes are higher. So that thing that might've bothered you month number two or four, isn't going to bother you in year five because you're like, yeah, you know what? I don't really care that he doesn't put the dishes, take the dishes out of the dishwasher. That's not why I fucking married him. So like, you know, but that might be something that you might look at month number two and be like, this guy's selfish. He doesn't even help me clean up. And that's anyway. So, but this, this list that we're going to go through guys is going to help you kind of decipher those 
the difference between like the questions to ask yourself so you can figure out those details not like if he cheats on you or like slaps you across the face or if she freaking like lets your cat out of the back door because she hated it like those are clearly clear clear deal breakers this is a, a way to help you when it's confusing and you don't know like is this something that bothers me or is this not there's a list of questions we found and they're going to help you guide you through that yeah and i mean i think like we all probably have these questions but because we don't necessarily have somebody answering us unless you're in therapy and you float these questions by your therapist or maybe friends you trust or whoever you go to as like a source of wisdom you're operating blind a little bit. So again, going back to the past traumas and things like what of it that you're experiencing are things that you want to avoid because that person's acting like your parent or, you know, oh, they resemble something that in your last relationship that didn't work out. But like, there's a holistic picture you have to really look at. Like, this is a different person. What else do they do? Is this a byproduct of maybe they're exhausted, like in the dishes comment you made, Lauren, like, you know, in the beginning, you might not know somebody well enough to have context for why they don't do that thing. But then once you grow to learn more about them, maybe you have a bigger picture of why that thing that really like grinds your gears isn't being done. I mean, Rob, maybe you fall in love with somebody who chews and makes noise, but you find out that this person you fall in love with has some jaw defectiveness that happened from a car accident and they're lucky to be alive. I don't know. I'm being dramatic. But the point is, is that maybe that deal breaker isn't such a breaker after all. And anyway, the point is, is there's a post out there that we saw. We follow the super insightful Dr. Elizabeth Fedrick on Instagram. Where else would we find these super helpful memes? Um, And we were inspired by the post because it really broke down what you were saying, Lauren, like how to decipher if something rightfully is a deal breaker or is it something we can work through? I think we've all been there before. We're like, am I being petty or is this a real thing? And like, if it's a real thing, can it be fixed? Or like, do I just have to hit the road? Cause this person is just a no go for me. Yeah. Well, thankfully this Dr. Frederick, not Frederick, my dad's name is Frederick. Dr. Frederick put together this handy little list that we can look at that provides some clarity around when it's time to move on versus maybe when it's time to start Buying two Eagles jerseys because it's a deal breaker if they don't cheer for the Eagles. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, let's let's uh, get into this list. What do you think? Okay, so <clears throat> this these are questions you can ask yourself when it's a deal breaker. <clears throat> Is it negatively impacting my mental health, self-esteem, or quality of life? If and that then yes, on the flip side... Yeah. On the flip side, if it's, you know, just bothering you, but something you can resolve, then it's not a deal breaker. It's something to work on. But I guess so the check. Oh, so she's saying, oh, I see what's going on. So she's saying when it's a deal breaker, it's when it's doing these things, when it's time to work on it, it's when you can do that. I mean, isn't that, don't those two things just sum up the entire thing? Why did you make a list? Because you will get into it and you'll see why. Well, because okay. like that, you can ask yourself, you can hit this list if, hey, she's not an Eagles fan. Is this negative, negatively impacting my life, mental health, self-esteem, or quality of life? No, it's not. Is it bothering me, but it's something we can resolve? Yes. So then you know it's time to work it out. Yeah. 
Okay. So that's, you know, but obviously these questions are probably for something a little more deep or something a little more confusing. Like if she doesn't, she let's, for example, she doesn't get along with my sister. Mm. You know, is, is this negatively impacting my life, mental health, self-esteem or quality of life? Yeah, it might. Because like you can't do family gatherings. I mean, maybe, well, or maybe the answer for you, Rob, is, oh, my sister lives in another country. Like it's actually not affecting my life that bad. My sister and I have come to a conclusion that it's okay that they're not best friends and we can work on this. Like Also, here's one. Is it in direct opposition to my value system? So I think that's like one you brought up, Rob, the other day about setting two people up who both are religious. And mm-hmm. so- there's that element too. And also value value system could be you do dry January or whatever through March. But like, what if somebody drinks heavily or not at all, or whatever the case may be, that is an extreme that doesn't drive with you. So, you know, if it's in direct opposition to your actual value system, that's probably a deal breaker because your value should probably be your core. And if not, well, that's a whole other saga for another episode, but the other side to that is if it's just an outlier situation that you don't feel is consistent with their character. For example, maybe somebody gets too drunk one night and acts like a fool, but it's out of character for them. So do you break up with them from that one occasion or do you let them live? So basically she's like, I guess if there's like a, a problem that happens, she's like this Dr. Frederick is like, just sit down with this list. And it, it's that whole theory. It doesn't bother you five years from now. Don't let it bother you five minutes from now. Yes. Right. Yeah. It's like if so, and, and that's something I have to tell myself a lot. Look, if this isn't going to be a problem in my life for five, five years from now, then it's, I'm not going to let it stress me out right now. And because that, it probably won't ever even happen. That you is know? a great summation of this list, but these specific bullet points are going to help you like decide because that's such a broad thing to say. Is it going to bother me five years from now? Like, I don't know. Well, okay. Maybe if you say, is it going to negatively impact my life, mental health, self-esteem or quality of life? You're like, ah, okay, there we go. That's a little more clear. So, but yes, that's exactly what this is. The third one on the list is, is this behavior that I have been told repeatedly will change and has not changed? So the something keeps coming Mm. up. And you're, you're, it bothers you and you've talked about it and your partner's like, okay, I'll stop, I'll stop, I'll stop. And it never does. That is when it's a deal breaker. Mm. The flip side to that question is when it's time to work it out, if it's something that they are taking ownership of and putting efforts into change. So it's something they're admitting they're doing wrong and you're actually seeing a change. Now, it doesn't need to be changed on that first argument and then the next time it never happens again. Some some of these things take time. There's past trauma wounds. There's behavioral patterns, all of these things. So if as long as you're seeing some sort of change on whatever kind of scale, small or whatever, then then it's okay to keep working on it. But if it's like repeatedly going on over and over again, and they're like not even taking ownership, goodbye. And also, so, like, so, they, you've probably dated somebody, we've all dated somebody who said like, okay, I won't do it again. Or they'll go do that thing you've asked them to do. And then they just never do. Like, don't you feel like they just don't care about you and your needs and your asks? Like, why won't they just do it? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I guess there's going to have to be, It's it can't just, all these can't be one-sided, you know? So it's got to be like, if somebody asks you to quit something that bothers them and it hasn't changed, it's like, what if that person doesn't want to change that behavior? You know, well, that or, might be the deal breaker though. Maybe those two people are too far apart or right. that's or maybe, maybe you're asking somebody to do something that's 
un, like you shouldn't be asking them to change that. Well, right. But Rob, then, then on the flip side, that's the partner's deal breaker. Like, no, you can't ask me to stop playing Tom Brady. You can't ask me to to stop playing football, Giselle. It's no, that's my mm, deal breaker. It's a good example. You know what it's I'm a good saying? Good example, right? And, and that like, was the only reason, reason they split my, up. because I am in their relationship and I know, but that's what we all speculate. And it is probably true partially, but yeah. Or her deal breaker is okay. Well, I've asked you repeatedly over and over again to retire and then you did it and then you unretired. So now that's it. Goodbye. (laughs) Like, so that, that Tom Brady example right there was, I mean, that was, that's pretty spot on. I was going to go with like gambling, but I think that's pretty spot on. I think it's pretty spot on. So, what if it's somebody who like just doesn't want to travel or like doesn't want to do something, I don't know, whatever the case may be that like is part of your core, like who you are and makes you happy. And they like want no part of it. They might even shun it. And you're like, just give it a try or whatever the case may be. I think there's like so many elements there where it's kind of just um, oil and water. And like that probably if you look deeper into that connection might be, incompatibility or you know just there's other things that you're attracted to but maybe for the wrong reason okay the next one rob i ha- i want to talk to you about this one specifically because i have heard you mention stuff like this before on the podcast and like dating and and chicks and and especially being in austin and i feel like this is the next bullet point the fourth bullet point is is it something i fund- fundamentally disagree with and then the opposition to the when is it time to work it out is, is this something that I'll be able to accept and move past? Now, if you met a girl mm-hmm. had much different political views than you, mm-hmm. is that something that would be a deal breaker for you? Or is it something that you could accept and move past? It, it would be a deal breaker. It would be a deal breaker. And I've said this before only, but, but it would have to be... It's like what level of extreme would it be? You know, if she was just a Republican and was a Republican before fuckface came into office and divided everybody down the middle of fucking America and our morals, then I would be like, okay, well, tell me why you have this point of view. You know, um, if it was, you know, I, I, it would it would have to see like how extreme it is. I just like I said, it's, it's not like it was before. It just isn't. You know, as far as our political environment it's just not there's no polarizing it's so polarizing and and when you agree with one side of it you're fundamentally agreeing to so many different things that line up with that you know so if uh, if it came to politics and i'm a i'm a very much a believer that covid and trump made us a nation of either me or we and it's either you're looking out for yourself or you're looking out for the greater good of everybody else and if they're a me then they can go fuck off by themselves and take care of themselves because I'm a we person, right? I want to look out for all of us. And that's a, like, that's a big, like a big fundamental thing that you believe in. And then it manifests itself into politics. So I could see why that would, you should ask yourself this question because that's a fundamental belief of yours that then filters into something specific, like who you vote for. Right. But now if it came down to like them being like, I just like to keep my money. You know what I mean? And like, they like the way that, you know, certain things are going and, you know, they believe in capitalism and, and you know, the, the power of being in America, then like, whatever, 
or like that's something you could move accept and move past well it's something i can have a rhetoric of with you know yeah, what i mean it's something that i can actually talk about and have a, an educated discussion about well it kind you know, of leads and, into the next bullet point too right because it's not is is this something that's going to create long-lasting resentment if that's a deal breaker if it is or is it something that i disagree with but i can understand their perspective on mm-hmm. politic wise there you go. Like that, there's another, those two kind of go, if we're talking about politics, those two kind of go hand in hand together. But I think well, on yeah. a lighter note, what if you love the Eagles, but she loves the literal opposition, like whoever, who's who would the be rival? the little opposition, Jen, who would be the literal opposition for the, Eagles? um, um, the, Pick not the land creatures. I don't no, know. They're not land creatures. Who is uh, it? <laughs> the Cowboys. But, right. Them. Yes. Right. But you're in Texas, so there's she probably needs- a strong possibility. Mom, what if she's a super hot ex Dallas Cowboy cheerleader? I would never date a cheerleader. What, what if she? But, but she's not anymore. She did it for four years. It's it's then great. Then I'll work. Then we'll, look, if I met a really hot, if I met somebody that I like, fell in love with, and everything was perfect, but she was a Cowboys fan, we would make it a joke. We would yeah. make it a joke and it would be something that we like that if we could work it out, we would work it out. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm not going to do that. But, you know, I have a friend couple that I think you guys know, but um, they one of the they're a boyfriend and girlfriend, but they've been together forever. I keep forgetting they're not married. And, um, you know, COVID really fucked up the girl kind of a lot about like going out into the world. And he travels a lot and he loves to travel. And now I feel like the fact that she's scared to travel is weighing on him. Hmm. And that's something that would build resentment. Right. You know, and that's something that would be like, well, fuck, I'm now I'm 47 and I, I haven't been to this place yet and I still want to go here. And now if I'm going to, if I'm going to be with you and we're going to like, that's more years that I'm not going to go somewhere. Like that's going to be a fucking problem for me you know it could be something that small but if you could slowly get her to go to maybe mexico and then maybe you know go to you know ireland and then maybe go a little further germany then you work your way down to you know south africa you know then but but maybe little baby steps but that's hard too. that particular situation because covid was such an extreme thing and so you go to that bullet point that we just talked about it's like something i disagree with but i can understand this person's perspective on like you know there's a lot of fear being thrown out there too and i'm admittedly afraid of it took me a while to like even stop wearing a mask out like i had covid and then i like went to the store with a mask on like a week later. And James was like, you just had COVID. You don't need to wear a mask. You're okay. But like, I couldn't, I was just scared. You've got, I've got new babies and stuff. So like, you know, it's just, it's a scary, there's a lot of fear out there. And like, it takes a while for that to kind of like, you can understand why maybe somebody might be really scared. And maybe she needs to understand his perspective too, that he really likes to travel and that's important to him. And that if both of you guys could get on that page, then it could be something that could be worked out, but it's more like of a slow working out. Like it's going to be a process, like baby steps, like you said, some of these- And with that, you can't, she can't be like, you go travel and come back and you go do your thing. Cause he's like, you know, with somebody with that kind of like fear, they're going to be like, you're going to bring that shit back to me. Right. You know what and I mean? Like, probably, he probably wants to do it with her. Right. Like, right. Yeah. 
you know? Yeah. Also, I think, I mean, the COVID thing, it's like going back to sort of everything else. It's your personal experience that creates that deal breaker for you specifically. But like, I mean, we're still dealing with COVID. I'm coughing up a storm and I'm like, do I have it? I don't. It all the no, tests the they know. But I'm like, what the heck is this damn thing? So I, you know, I, do I wear a mask still? It's still like this ongoing black cloud. And then also there are people who have lost people or like you have babies and like everybody's experience is so different. I think it's going to take a while for people to adjust back to like any sort of normalcy and feeling free and care, like tra- traveling. I think a lot of people are having issues with, but maybe, I mean, Rob, not the Mexico trip is a baby step, but like maybe a road trip. <laughs> Right, 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 right. To me, Mexico is a baby step. (laughs) Well, that's because you're going. But um, so the last one, though, I think kind of sums up everything else we were saying, because we did bring in the fact that there's our past that dictates our present and how we view things, unless, of course, you heal from it or whatever the case may be, and it's not an issue anymore. But oftentimes we have triggers we don't even know we have because we haven't dealt with it yet. But is the thing reinforcing insecure attachment or trauma wounds. And if that is, and you can't get past it, obviously, like let's say that you tell the person that it's, you know, making you feel a certain way or triggering you from trauma wounds and they just keep doing it or don't care or whatever the case may be, that's a deal breaker, right? Because they're not doing anything to meet you in the middle. I agree with that, Jen. Great point. This one kind of confuses me though, because you have, I was told this by a therapist too, also. So it's not just my opinion, but like you have your own responsibility for bringing in whatever you bring into the relationship, past insecurities, trauma wounds, attachment issues, whatever they, whatever that may be. Those things you are responsible for working on. Mm -hmm. Your partner, though, should be made aware of these things and be sensitive to it. But there's only so much they can do because if you're bringing in these like trust issues or whatever that are like rooted in something that isn't like really living currently in the relationship, like that's where it gets a little hairy. Yeah. You got, I was just going to say, you got to, you got to give them time to make the mistakes and learn because that's how you learn. Right. You learn by making the mistakes and then going, Oh, okay. That's not, I shouldn't step there or I shouldn't do that. Or, okay. I didn't text her right when I got home, you know, needs that, and, yeah. and she needs that validation that I'm home right away. You know, or on the extreme side, what if somebody has been cheated on and they're usually pretty secure until that happened. And in your relationship, they are generally secure, except when you interact with your ex-girlfriend or when you have that one friend in gym class that you don't need to hang out with solo, but you keep hanging out with solo for workouts. Like maybe there, and Rob, you're a big proponent of like the whole cheating thing. And then like, you know what that does to a relationship. So maybe there are lines that people can avoid crossing too, to, again, yeah, but, the, but it's, it's also funny because it, 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 it is weird growing up. <laughs> And and like my friend Sarah says this to me all the time too. She's like, wow, old Rob would never have said that, you know, or old Rob would never have believed that or old Rob would never even been talking to this girl, you know? So, but I think it's funny that as you grow up and as you go through your own things and I keep coming back to it because it's true, but as you get secure with yourself and actually know what your own shit is and own it, 
then those things don't really bother you anymore. And it shouldn't be put on the other person. I agree. So, so like I was the guy who like, I dated very attractive actresses in my time that a lot of people wanted to be with and they would go to the gym and have very attractive male trainers, you know? And I'd be like, you need to fucking stop seeing your trainer. And they're like, um, no, I've been with him for like three years. This is why I look like I do. And I'm like, well, thank you for all his hard work, but he's dismissed. You know what I mean? And now I'd be like, no, go do your fucking thing. If you wanted to fucking sleep with your trainer, then that's on you and you do it. And you're going to be that person. Right. You can't I'll come right back to being with me. Right. You know? Right. There's a no drama, just you with you. So also, you it's just- almost like Rob, the deal breaker would have been if it was reinforcing some insecure attachment or trauma wounds. If you've dealt with those things, it may be when it's time to work it out. Is this something I can compromise on without betraying myself? Like, yeah, she can go work out with her trainer. If she crosses a line, that's a different story. Oh, but yes, yeah. I will let her go do the thing that I, that before I would have said no to. Right. And I think that should always be the case. I think you should always go let them do the thing. Unless, I mean, the word trauma is a big word that is in this on this list. Well, for me, the trauma for me, like if we're going back to what our jail breaker, deal breakers are, would be jailbreaker. Like, that well, was he was a jail. That. He he broke the jail, the jail of Jen. Yeah, well, <laughs> the jail of Jen doesn't allow uh, alcoholics, so yeah. that to me is a trauma wound. And if I discovered it, you know, into the relationship or it developed, and the person wasn't getting help, or it became. Um, something that was uncontrollable, which it tends to when you're an alcoholic, if you don't do anything about but it. Are you diagnosing them as an alcoholic or is, yeah. is somebody professional diagnosing them as an alcoholic? Like if you went out with me and we were dating and you went out with me on a fucking Sunday to watch football, you would probably think I'm an alcoholic, but I don't, but I'm, but I am nowhere near being classified as an alcoholic. Okay. Like I don't drink by myself. I don't drink to cover anything up. I don't drink during the week. I can stop anytime. But when I go out and I have fun, you might be like, this is not okay. And then okay, that would be well, my thing. I'm talking about real alcoholics and not your warped perspective of how I view people. The, an actual alcoholic, Rob, would be a deal breaker for me because it triggers me because of my dad. So that is a no-go for me. If okay. a whatever but you would know you would know far ahead before getting in a relationship with them not necessarily well because sometimes alcoholism i i have friend my friend's father passed away he alcoholism ran in his family and it may have been a thing but it wasn't until in his 50s he became an alcoholic they were married since they were 20 30 years married and then all of Hmm. a sudden he was an alcoholic legit and then died from it so I mean, my dad was an alcoholic too. My dad was a flaming alcoholic, not flaming, but like very bad alcoholic, you know? In my case, I didn't know my dad was because there would be years where he wasn't drinking and then years where he was and he would hide it. I didn't think my dad drank and my mom never drank in front of me either because she didn't want to drink because my dad didn't drink. And so for me, the deception or the secretiveness or the lack of control and, um, inability to regulate and and be able to solve that problem in other ways or call it out and get help would be really hard for me to watch. Yeah, I think, but I think you have to be careful of being, it kind of goes back to when you, like when you first, when we first started this episode, you were kind of diagnosing somebody for like, you know, one of your deal breakers was defensiveness. And then you kind of like diagnosed them with something that you had learned, you know, it's, it's, we have to be careful of projecting our stuff onto other people 
without having a firm, like real understanding of what it is. Does, does that make sense? Well, yeah, it just, as long as whatever this thing is, let's say. Because obviously nobody wants to date an alcoholic. No, if it's, well, some people maybe another alcoholic, but, or doesn't bother other people as much, or there's different types of alcoholics or whatever. But I mean, I think if you, let's for Jen, it's an alcoholic for somebody else that might be like, a level of verbal abuse or whatever, but like, as long as that thing is a for sure thing, like, okay, Jen Mm -hmm. has, or we have figured out that this person is an alcoholic, that deal breaker for Jen. And maybe it wouldn't be as clear if Jen, right? Like, let's just say all of a sudden, 10 years from now, Daniel developed a drinking problem. If he was coming to you saying, Hey, I, I think this is an issue. Like, I don't know how to stop. Like, what should we do? Jen, I don't think you would be like, okay, goodbye. You're an alcoholic. Like the lack of the openness and the lack of deceiving is part of that deal breaker. And he wouldn't be doing that in this situation that I'm making up. Yeah. But is it something that she can compromise on without betraying herself? Because that's something that she's. That's the the flip side. Is it something that she can compromise on without betraying herself in that situation? I would say probably, yes, you would be able to like work that out potentially. Right. And I think that goes though back to self-awareness and Rob, you even said, by the way, like that, you now know who you are. So you're good with you. I mean, yeah. not, not, not a whole, not, not a hundred percent. I right. know who but I, you, you know. are aware of who Rob is today. That is self-awareness. I'm not diagnosing you. I'm just telling you the description of what that word means. Right. But so I, if somebody had an understanding of their issue and wanted to work on it, that's a whole different story than someone just completely flat out saying, well, and Lauren, we talk about this all the time. Like, well, that's just the way I am. Deal yeah, with it. Hate that. Or yeah. I don't have to deal with it because it's a deal breaker. So Right, 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 right. And also this last bullet point, it does say, is it reinforcing insecure attachment or trauma wounds? I think that we can also say, like, is is it reinforcing any insecurities? It doesn't need to be like some trauma wound, like I was abused when I was little. And is it triggering that wound? Like, yes, clearly that's a deal breaker. But it can lay on the, like, a little bit more of a less deep level, is it reinforcing any insecurities that I might have? I understand. Okay. See, that yeah. I can understand. Yeah, that and that would be, because too. like, if I did, because look, if I did start dating somebody and they were active on Instagram, which I don't, is not one of my top things I'm looking for at all, you know, and I, and I let them know that that bothered me because in my mind, who, who are you trying to get the validation from? You know, if I'm telling you, I don't like something and you're with me, who are you trying to get validation from? You know? So if somebody was to keep doing it and doing it and doing it, then I'd be like, okay, you're triggering my insecurities. You know, you're doing it. I've made you aware of it and you keep doing it. So obviously that's more important and that would be a deal breaker. Yeah. And I think that's the conscious choice someone is mm-hmm. making not to work on something or to meet you in the middle. And that's sort of like all of it. If it's used so far in a selfish capacity, then there's no bringing them back from the dark side to be in the middle where like you can actually work on the thing. So either you kind of have to accept it or it is a deal breaker at that point. And they're going to have a boundary and a deal breaker on the flip side. Like, well, I have to be on Instagram because that's my life and I'm an influencer. So too bad for you, maybe, or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like they're going to have a boundary and like some sort of a, an issue or a trigger that's going to have an argument on their end that right. might then say, okay, well, that's 
you know, I'm not willing to not travel. I'm not willing to not go on Instagram or whatever, forever their reasons are. So it's something that works both ways. And potentially if you have a very open, you know, communicative relationship, like this is a list that you could talk about together because they could answer these questions for themselves as well. And then you could try to meet in the middle or decide, is this issue a deal breaker or something we could work on? But Mm -hmm. at least keep this list somewhere in your back pocket so that you can ask yourself all or at least one of these, these questions kind of cross over and bleed into each other, but you can at least ask yourself one, two, three of these questions to kind of help get really detailed in there and be like, okay, that actually made this way more digestible, way more clear. It's not so broad feeling and so confusing. Like this actually answered this question for me. And yes, it is a deal breaker or no, I definitely think I can work this out. So keep this list somewhere, guys, keep it in your back pocket. I'm surprised it's not a card game that Jen had told us about. Wait, you guys, uh, first of all, I've uncovered so many other card games. There's like sex card games. I don't know, all these things, but I don't own them yet. (laughs) I'm moving. And when I was packing my like game area, I realized I have so many decks of cards that are like these kinds of things that it is alarming. I have to start. I mean, I've been giving them out as gifts at this point. So I have some that are like that are still wrapped, ready to be gifted. But like, it's like maybe we should do maybe we should start doing a like every four or five week we should start doing game night. Ooh. Where we where we just the three of us just get some drinks and pull out some cards and have to answer the questions that are on the cards. Into it, I'm I'm psyched for game night. I will pull out the treasures from the treasure chest from twenty. Yeah, well, just let us know what to order on Amazon or wherever, and so we all so Lauren and I have it also, and we'll just do like a game night like once a month or once every six weeks. Love, and then we can link said game in the show notes. And, you know, guys, while you're checking out our show notes, you should obviously tune into all of our other complicated episodes where we talk more dating and relationshipy stuff. And while you're there, please subscribe, rate, comment, and share it with a friend. It's not that complicated to do that. And if you want to join the class of Master Daters, don't forget to follow us on social media at Complicated Show. And also... um, check out the link in the show notes for this actual show where we do link the Instagram post where we pulled all of this fun stuff from. You can refer back to that list like Lauren said. And what's your TikTok? Our TikTok? Oh, it's complicated underscore pod. So if you guys want to follow us there, we are TikToking. Talking and a tack, tick, tacking. Ticking and tacking and talking. And you can follow me at Forever's Evers on Instagram, F-O-R-E-V-E-R-S-E-V-O-R-S. I do have TikTok, but I still haven't posted anything on it yet. So I haven't figured out what my first post is going to be. Ooh, I feel like you should talk directly to camera. Yeah, I don't really like doing that. Lauren, where can they find you? You can follow me on the gram at Lauren Leonelli. And you can follow me at Jennifer Golden on all the things, I'm pretty sure. I am on TikTok. I just repurposed what I post on Instagram there. So nothing to write home about. We have a really but- good show coming up next week, guys. Uh, we have Bruna on, right? Yes. Bruna, Bruna has been on our show in the past. She is a very insightful, awesome girl. She just wrote a book and she's going to be on our show um, our next episode. And she's going to do some fun little special readings as well so you're definitely going to want to tune in to see what she has to say we love it intuitive and we love a reading this is going to be interesting it's going to be very interesting i'm excited for it same all right well until then see you soon Bye.
Thank you for listening to It's Complicated. And now that we're going steady, come back next week for another date with Jennifer Golden, Lauren Leonelli, and Rob Evers.